Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you may be. This is Snapshots in Hockey History. Ah, happy Thursday. Thanks for joining us on Snapshots in Hockey History, where we relive the hockey highlight reel. My name is Brett Small. Hope everyone is well. Before we kick things off, just take care of a little bit of business. Remind everybody that Snapshots in Hockey History is a listener-supported podcast brought to you free of charge every single Monday and Thursday at 8 a.m. I will never ask you for a dollar out of your pocket for this podcast, but if you want to help out or do something nice, please share on social media. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, don't forget to like our Facebook page as well as follow us on Twitter at Snapshots In. So the NHL's in full swing now. Got to catch a couple games this week. I, uh, Last night, got to watch the second and third period of the Flyers-San Jose game. Flyers definitely got the smackdown laid on them by San Jose. I was really impressed with Eric Carlson watching him skate and uh, Evander Kane. I think he had two goals. So it was a pretty good game. I think San Jose is definitely going to be a powerful force out of the West. Tonight, I plan on watching the Vegas Golden Knights take on the local Washington Capitals in a rematch of last year's Stanley Cup final. That should be good. I am a little depressed, though, that Nate Schmidt is suspended. I always liked Schmidt. I thought he was always a good defenseman and and really was happy when he got picked up by Vegas because I feel like he got the opportunity to be in that uh, number one role. In other NHL news, I saw that Matt Burry has been diagnosed with a concussion. So it looks like the Pens are going to be in a little bit of trouble with their goaltending. I can't imagine anything worse than having somebody could goalie go out so early in the season and especially with a concussion because you know with a sprained ankle or a torn ACL you at least have an idea of how long he's going to be out but with a concussion you really don't I also saw that Tom Barrasso someone we talked about in part one of our interview with Grant Jennings has been picked up to be the head coach of the Sheffield Steelers in the British Elite Hockey League so congratulations to him I know this isn't his first coaching gig I think he also was an assistant coach in Carolina for a while we talk about him a little bit more in part two of our interview with Grant Jennings which will be coming up very shortly I always really liked Tom Barrasso and and was always impressed by him. He was one of the few guys that came into the league as a goalie out of U.S. high school and went right into the National Hockey League. He was only 18 years old. I did some research on this, and there's only been 10 goalies total that have come into the National Hockey League at 18 years old. There's only one other American that did it, and that was John Van Beesbrook, so another goalie that had a pretty good career. I still can't believe, though, that Tom's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I feel like he's got two cups. He was Rookie of the Year. I think he's got a Jennings Trophy. He accomplished so much. It's surprising to me that he's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Hopefully his day will come soon. When I also looked at this list, though, I saw another goalie that stuck out at me, and that was a guy named Dan Blackburn, who I think had the worst luck of anybody. Blackburn was taken in the first round of the 2001 entry draft by the Rangers out of Kootenai of the Western Hockey League. The Rangers were having some goaltender issues. I think Richter had a concussion. Before you know it, Blackburn was named the starter. He ended up playing something about like 60 games over the next two years for the Rangers before he injured a nerve in his shoulder and had to retire. He tried coming back and at some point tried playing with actually two blockers instead of a catching glove. I guess the nerve damage in his shoulder was so bad that he couldn't grip or couldn't catch. So he ended up having to use a second blocker on his hand. It's kind of a wild thing. If you look online, probably go to Getty Images and find pictures of him in an alumni game where he's got the two blockers. The Rangers during that time, I feel like couldn't get out of their own way when he was with the team. Blackburn played for the Rangers during the 01-02 season, as well as the 02-03 season. And I got to tell you, the Rangers at this time had like Theo Fleury, Eric Lindros, Mark Messier. I think Pavel Bure was there. They were loaded with star power, but they just couldn't get it together as a team. I would have loved to have known what it would have been like to be in the locker room at Madison Square Garden around that time. I'm sure these guys were just frustrated and angry. I guess they just couldn't get together as a team. But they were so powerful. They had so much offense. It's hard to believe. Anyways, those two seasons Blackburn was there when Lindros, 
when Burre, when Messier, when Fleury, all those guys were there. They didn't make the playoffs at all. Moving on to today's episode, we're back with Grant Jennings for part two of his interview. In the previous interview, Grant told us about getting traded from the Whalers to the Pittsburgh Penguins with Ron Francis and Alf Samuelson. He told us about the Penn's opponents in the first two rounds of the 1991 Stanley Cup playoffs and a nice story about a small bar fight he got into. You know, nothing major. This week, we pick up uh, with the final two rounds of the playoffs, winning the Stanley Cup and, of course, celebrating with Lord Stanley. Let's get to it. Let's go back to 1991 playoffs with Grant Jennings. Six days between the next series and the Washington series. You've got to be on cloud nine. Did you get to have any downtime or are you guys at the rink working your tails off getting ready for Boston? Oh, I, I think uh, we, I don't know, maybe they might have gave us a couple of days off. Maybe we got a travel day and then maybe one day off, I'm guessing. And then we were right, probably right back at the rink watching film. We were actually watching film back then. Yeah. I mean, when you get to that stage in playoffs and, They've been on the TV just like we have, and I'm sure they're doing the same thing. You know, we're trying to figure out their weaknesses and their, you know, their their positives and how we're going to – it's just like a chess game, you know. I mean, I'm sure, the, like, the, the coaches do that all the time. But then when you get into playoffs and you're playing a certain team for seven games possibly, then they kind of spread the, the information – to the players in a sense this is what we got to do to beat this team and stuff so that's what we did besides you know practice but it was a it was pretty loose practicing optional for some guys you know some guys were hurting or whatever you know it was time to heal up from the first two rounds you know by the time the washington series ended it hasn't been decided whether it's going to be boston or montreal yet and there's a great quote that i think summarizes your personality now that i've talked to you for a few minutes and i just want to share this with you it came in the pittsburgh post gazette it said you didn't want to play Montreal only because you wanted to avoid customs. <laughs> Is that what I said? Yeah, I I just laughed <laughs> so hard when I read that. And in a situation like that, when you're waiting for your opponent, are you are you glued to the TV? Are you scouting for both? How's that work? You're watching the game, watching the series definitely, um, and you're hoping they're beating the shit out of each other, you know. <laughs> and you're hoping it goes seven games, and they're, so they're tired and beat up. So when you get there for that first game, you know, it's it should be, uh, I don't know what you would say. It should, you should be ready for them. So, yeah, basically, I'm, yeah, you're hoping that they beat the shit out of each other for seven games, you know. And they, and Boston and Montreal did. You end up drawing Montreal in the uh, third round. And they've got Cam Neely. They've got Ray Bork. Boston. Yeah, Boston. Boston. Did I say Montreal? Montreal. No, I'm sorry. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> Back in no, you end up drawing, uh, yeah. you end up drawing yeah. Boston. And they've got Cam Neely. They've got yeah. Ray Bork. You know, Neely at the time had 12 goals in 13 games. But before we get into any of that, the most important question, how awful are the locker rooms at the Boston Garden? Oh, geez. Well, they're, it's that time of year. It's starting to get hot. It's like there's no air conditioning in the building and there's no ventilation. So after a game at Boston Garden, you got to open up all the windows and then you got to get these big fans in there. So your equipment kind of dries out. I mean, your skates are every day, you know, you're playing every second day and then you're practicing in, in between the games and your skates never dry. So, I mean, you start wearing your new pair for next year. You start wearing them on your days off or in between games in the playoffs at that point, especially in Boston. So, I mean, they would have guys come in that night and shut the windows and turn the fans off. Oh, my. So just just. The game inside the game, kind of just trying to get an advantage. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh my, oh yeah. They, you know, they wouldn't give it. They wouldn't give us any shaving cream and sh- just stuff like that. You know, just to you just you expected that. Well, I mean, back then, you know, you go into Boston and you just expected, you know, the 
this crap to happen to you. Game one is a loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's reported in the newspapers that morning that Chris Nyland and Mike Milbury got into it during the morning skate. I could see somebody getting mad at Mike Milbury. No question. I could see Chris Nyland, who is, you know, incredibly tough. Did you ever get into it with a coach during your career? I'm kind of an assistant coach. Yeah, that was the second year we won the cup there. We were in training camp in Vail, and that's when Bob was, Badger was sick. And so that's when Scotty took over. And then, so the assistant coach there, Barry Smith, was, he was assistant coach, but he's still assistant coach. But anyway, I don't know if he thought his stock rose or whatever. But anyway, I got hit with a slap shot in the scrimmage, first scrimmage of the, of the I got mad and I just skated off. Oh, man. Because he hit me right in the lane. Right, just, right? just, yeah. Some rookie. And I'm like pissed off when I skate off with Barry. Barry Smith comes in and starts yelling at me into the locker room. He's th- talking about my toughness and stuff. <laughs> Is that why you fought Ty Domi to prove him wrong? Jesus. I, yeah, right. I got up and chased him out of the room, back onto the ice. So I came back on the ice, and then he's still yelling at me. And that's I, So anyway, Scotty Bowman called me in, called me up to his office after. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get shit for this. And he's like, well, Grant, you know, you know what Barry's like. Just don't worry about that. Just... Uh, Take the time off you need and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, that one time we got into it a little bit with uh, the assistant coach. I did, yeah. You guys lose the first two games. I'm sure that plane ride home had to be miserable. But Kevin Stevens comes out in the media and says, we're going to win four straight games, and he leads the way in game three. (laughs) Yeah. He had an unbelievable career, and and his struggles are well documented. How how Mm -hmm. was Kevin at this time? He's just a big left winger, you know, just happy to be out there, straight up and down, speed, power left winger and you know we'd have beers after the games and stuff and he was just a jolly guy i mean he was you know there's no issues there or anything like that it was it was all about the hockey you know game three you also contribute get your first playoff goal yeah do you recall that goal at all yeah it was a game i think it was a game winner wasn't it i believe it was it was a 4-1 game well yeah because so i pinched i throw the puck down to mario in the corner in the left corner Mario's a right shot, so you know he's sitting there, and everybody, of course, just looks at him, and and they all start kind of drawing towards that left corner, and I'm like kind of looking around, and it's like parting of the Red Seas, and I'm like, well, I'll just go to the net because no one's looking at me, you know. So I go in front of the net, he puts it right on my stick, and it's like in the net, right? Yeah, I was say, what's that saying? You can never go wrong when you go to the net. No, just go to the net, and it's, of course with Mario, you know, I think he assisted on. 80% of the goals that I scored there in Pittsburgh. But anyway, uh, he uh, he hit my stick and goes in the net. And then after the game, you know, the first thing the reporters were asking me is like, what were you doing down there? And I was like, <laughs> felt like, I felt like saying I'm scoring a fucking goal yet. You know? <laughs> you know? It's like, but anyway. Yeah, it, it was a, that was a good game for me, for sure. Game four is another 4-1 to one win. Joey Mullen gets the game winner. Game five, you guys spank the Bruins with a 7-2 to two win. So you end up going to game six, and you guys are going to the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> Credit Sorry. to Kevin Stevens. He called it. He nailed it. Yeah. You're going to the finals. You grew up in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Come on, man. Tell me after this game how you're feeling. Take me – go back. Take us back. Yeah. Well – yeah, it was a pretty good feeling, and you know we we're like on cloud nine. We we're like, wow, we we're we're going to the show here. We're going to the dance, and just uh, enjoy it. I mean, you know, like uh, some of the teams they don't touch that 
trophy, the the conference trophy before yep. they go to the finals. We were like, yeah, give us that thing. We're we're gonna skate around with that thing, man. You know, we didn't care. We were just happy to we were happy to be there, and we were happy to be going to the finals. And that kind of said a, a lot of uh, how we were feeling was when we or people were saying, you know, don't don't touch the conference. We're like, you know, forget that. We, we just earned this thing. Give us that thing. We're gonna parade this around. You know, awesome. And, uh, that's what we did. How did the city react to the win with you guys going to the Stanley oh, Cup Finals? That that city went crazy. I mean, they hadn't been hadn't been a winner there in that city for I don't know how many years. Well, whenever the Steelers won the Super Bowl last, you know, that was seventies. You know, the same with the Bucks, the Pirates. So they were starving for something to cheer about, and they just took to us like, you know, milk and cookies. I mean, it was just awesome i mean you know we after every round we would you know that just the crowd would seem to get louder and louder and uh, and uh you know went into the finals the whole city the whole state watching us you know so are we still good on time Do you have about another 10 15 minutes yeah. well game one in minnesota it's a heartbreaker it's a five to four loss you play in this game yeah what do you remember about your first game in the stanley cup finals Oh, well, um, I remember my parents came from Saskatchewan. My huh. brother came, my old couple of my old coaches. And yeah, I uh, remember, yeah, it was uh, disheartening, of course, but we were still, you know, happy to be there. And um, at that, you know, we hadn't seen Minnesota a lot. So game one, it, that's just kind of a, a, you know, a feeler gauge for uh, the way I look at it. Was that the game that Madonna checked you into the boards? No, no, no. That wasn't before the, it was right before the final game, the, the game six or whatever. Oh, so that was on game five. So games yeah. two, three, and four, you're actually scratched. Do you have any idea, you know, looking back? Really? Was it? I don't remember. No, really? It, it looks like you were scratched for games uh, two, three, and four. Really? I, and I could be wrong from what I read. Hmm. I don't, I don't think so. But. Well, you could be right. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought I played up until game five when I hurt my shoulder and then I was out. But I don't know. That's hard to hard. I'm, well, I know my parents were there for two games in Minnesota. And I don't recall sitting in the stands with them. But uh, I remember once I got hurt, I remember like going underneath and talking to Hockey Night Canada, doing an interview with, with Grapes. But you could be right, too. I mean, my memories, you know not all it's cracked up to be oh it's it's no big thing you know the the whole point of this is it's just kind of i want people to try to relive the feelings that you had and kind of go along with you for the ride right um and and so you know whether you remember it or not you've still given us <laughs> plenty in this yeah. interview that makes that, that'll have people in stitches there's a famous clip during this series i don't know if you ever saw it between uh with kevin stevens and brian trottier chirping the hell oh, out of yeah. brian bellows have you seen that yeah yeah that's yeah, funny okay i just wanted to make sure you had seen it that went on. That went on every game. I mean, we were at. We were hate, hating each other at that point. With I mean, you're both sitting there at you know at the cusp of the summit there, you know, and and you're not giving an inch on anything, even the chirping. I mean, it's just you're hating your brother at that point. I mean, if your brother's on the other team, you, you're you know you're not giving an inch, or you're hating there, right there. I mean, there's so much at stake there, and you know you don't you don't get to that point rarely and when you do i mean i you know i feel sorry for the uh i ended up playing with gaytan duchene after that in the minors and he was still talking about that really that series you know he was with minnesota and he was just like you know still devastated you know so was there anyone on that team that 
drove you crazy that you personally were like, God, I just want to eliminate this guy. Not not eliminate him as in hurt him. Oh, Basil McRae was kind of a pain, you know, but he didn't play a lot. But, well, he played enough. I mean, he was... He was a pretty tough guy, though. That was about it. I mean, we, personally, I mean, it, it wasn't really personal. It was just like everybody that had a green jersey on was, you know, I was trying to smuck into the boards. You know? <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. So games, uh, well, games two, three, and four, as I mentioned, that uh, according to my notes, you were scratched. But either way, Pittsburgh, you know, Lemieux scores an incredible goal where he works through everybody. He dekes all the defensemen mm-hmm. and beats Casey. Game three, Mario was scratched. Um, it looked like he was having some back issues. Was he in a lot of pain oh. at that time? Well, that might, yeah. I mean, when he when, when you're playing every second night, like I said, and you get to that stage of the year, there's no rest day. And it, like Yager's groin was like, you know, was had had it by the end of every playoffs. It's, you know, even like up until like a couple of years ago when he was still in playoffs. I mean, right. It's just, it's just hard. It's, it's just a grind to get to that point. And if you've got any type of an issue, like Mario's back, and you know it led into the next year. I mean, he had back problems the second year we won the cup, and so yeah, um, it was his back. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Game four, Pittsburgh starts off hot, including a goal by Ron Francis. Uh, Ron had three goals in this series. He's got to be almost relieved. And in Hartford, he was the man. Do you know if it kind of helped him to kind of, I don't want to say sit behind Mario and Stevens and Recky, but maybe he didn't have I his... think so. Did... I, I think I think it did because he was a quiet guy, and he, but he was like, you know, one of the best faceoff guys in the league. And he was, I think, he, yeah, I, I think he was happy to just go out there and, and have fun and just do what he was good at which was pretty much everything as a center and i think yeah he was happy to to uh sit behind uh, mario for a change you know sit behind a player instead of having the spotlight on him you know the whole community after him game five you get back in the game and the penguins go up four nothing in the first period it seems like everything is going as planned and then peter angelo comes in net i don't know what happened to barrasso i i, I couldn't find out but, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, but the but the North Stars, they score four quick goals. You know, when something like that happens, when a backup comes in, do you lose confidence in them? Well, uh, I, don't, I don't. It's just a change in the direction of, like, how you're playing. I mean, Barrasso could, you know, he was like a third defenseman out there sometimes. You know, when the puck would come around the boards and go behind the net, he would grab it and just zing it out. It would go up on the glass and out. And with Frankie, it was just different that way. So I'm sure that they played to that difference in play and yeah i mean when you've been playing with barrasso for that long uh, and then all of a sudden they switch it up it's kind of it's a pretty big adjustment for especially the d-men what shots you're gonna allow to get through and 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 and, and, it's, and it's not frankie's fault i mean he came in there cold you know so i mean uh, it was much as our fault as the the players fault as the goalies as i mean it's just one of those things that can't expect good things if, 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 if something like that happens Stanley Cup Finals you're throwing in a, a goalie that's you know been sitting for three series you know so right Troy Loney ends up scoring the game-winning goal this is the game where you said you got hurt and you talked to Madonna yep. about it can you yep. walk us through kind of what happened or what you remember and maybe what Madonna told you when you last talked well I passed out I passed the, the puck off to the to the centerman and he just finished his check it was a little late but I was gonna go chase him but I, you know, I felt that pain again, and it was like, oh no, you know. So, anyways, it was late in the game. It was that's the pro- that was the, another problem with it. It was like, it was like the last shift. It was my last shift of the game, pretty much. And he took me out. Pretty solid guy. I mean, oh, absolutely. Plus, 
Plus, he goes 100 miles an hour out there. So that yeah, he was help. young and fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. He uh, after the game, you know, ice, blah blah blah. I come to the rink for the sixth game, and you know, the needles are out, and Badger comes up to me and he goes, well, "What do you think, Jenny? I said, "Well, yeah, let's do it." You know. He goes, really like to save you for the seventh game. You know, I don't know. I don't know what. He goes, I don't think we should do it. I don't, I don't want to do it. No, no, Jenny. No. You know, I was going to freeze up and go and play. So anyways, I listen to the coach and I'm like, okay, you're the boss, you know. And we win the eight nothing. And we all know how that ended. That was, that that was, that was, that's been a regret of mine for a long time. You know what I mean? But still, in that Stanley Cup Finals, that game, you said you were interviewed on Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. That experience. Yeah. You're on national TV, Don Cherry. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool, yeah. Uh, and did they sure. give out the towels back then? Uh, yeah, we, they did give us a towel, yeah. I don't know if I still have it or not. I don't think I kept it. I was too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, there's a reason I'm, I'm mentioning that to you, and you'll laugh about it in a few weeks. I'll tell you why uh, a little <laughs> bit later. 8 nothing. you guys win. Come on, man. What'd you guys do to celebrate? Well, we were in Minnesota. So, I mean, they had flown in all the girlfriends and wives. And, um, of course, I was in the stands. But, then, you know, of course, we made our way onto the ice and celebrating on the ice. And uh, then we went to the locker room and champagne and beer flying everywhere. And so uh, someone says, well, hey, by the way, we got to go home tonight, you know. So we have to get out of here. The, the airport's only open until a certain time, you know. So they shut us down there in the locker room and got us on a bus and then got us on the plane and then you know it was just a party all the way back and then we get them to you know we had parked at the airport and we got back to the to pittsburgh at four in the morning and there was forty thousand people at the airport on a work night unbelievable and the parkway was jammed you couldn't you couldn't leave like the like from pittsburgh to the airport it was just packed it was like traffic blocked you know, so anyways, we're, they're like, you guys can't go to your cars. And so we come out of the jet, out of the jetway, and it's just a line of people all the way through the airport, right? And that corridor just kept getting smaller and smaller. We're just running through there before it closed. Like there was police there trying to contain the people, and uh, we made it out. And they said, well, we got school buses. <laughs> so where, where are we gonna go? Well, let's go to. So we end up getting these school buses, and they're rocking the school buses and the wives and girlfriends are all freaking out and screaming you know so anyways we get on this bus and we're gonna go to brassos because that's the closest place so we're gonna go over there we go over there and you know it's six five in the morning and six in the morning and we're like it's light out we're like standing around there with our suits half on and drinking a beer on a lawn we're like so me ronnie and alfie we decide let's let's get on the bus and let's go back to the airport it should be cleaned out by now so we get on this bus and we get going. All of a sudden, guess what? Runs out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we we're just yelling at the guy. We're like, "What are you? What have you been looking at?" He goes, "Well, sorry." And so anyway, we get out and we start hit. We're hitchhiking to get back to the airport. This old guy. This old guy stops in a truck, pickup truck. He goes, "Get in the back." So we get in the back. He takes us back to the airport. We get in our cars, but there's like. 12 wow. hours before raising the Stanley Cup, national television. Now you're in yeah. some random guy's truck getting a hitch and a ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah, back to reality. <laughs> Real world. That yeah. next Tuesday is the uh, is the parade at the point. How was the parade? Well, we they didn't, they didn't have a parade. They sort of, it was just a, a party at the point kind of thing. Okay. 
and there, well, it was packed. I don't know how many people were there, another 30,000 people or whatever, whatever it holds. And so we were all kind of a little fuzzy. We all had sunglasses on and we, they introduced each individually and we'd have to come up and hold the cup up and, you know, say a few words if you wanted to or whatever. And, uh, but we had had, had that cup party at Mario's house two days before or the day before. Really? Yeah. And we had sunk the Stanley cup in his pool. <laughs> Wait, but, wait, wait a oh, second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm sorry. Can you start that over? Oh, okay. So we had this party, you know, cup party at Mario's house in uh, Mount Lebanon. And, and what's Mario's uh, house like? Well, it was nice. It had a pool with a waterfall, you know, rocks, and you know, he had the like a wine cellar there and uh, all of that. And so we had, you know, all the coaches were there, all the wives and girlfriends and some friends. And so anyway, we get all hammered up i guess you could say or have happy feeling happy and uh so we start throwing all the women into the pool which is i don't know whose idea that was but they didn't <laughs> they're in dresses and stuff and we're just out of control right <laughs> typical hockey they're, players yep they're typical bad, hockey players blah, blah, blah. so then all of a sudden it's troy loney and i think and um phil bork climb up the waterfall with the cup so it already had been in the pool and there's still a little bit of water in it. So it had a little weight to it. But when they get up to the, and they zing it and they throw it and it hits the pool, the water, of course, <laughs> and it cracks. So you actually cracked the cup. We cracked it. So it sinks and it goes down to the deep end. And we're like, oh, how are we going to get that out of there? No, right? Because before it floated, but not now. Anyway, it filled up with water. We go down. So we're taking turns diving down and rolling it. Oh, <laughs> So we're like, oh God, this isn't good, you know. So we finally get it up in the shallow, and we get it up on the, we set it up on the on the deck there at, at the pool, and we're looking at it. We're going, oh, uh, uh, please tell we, me Phil Pritchard was there. Uh, I don't know. No, no. Well, he probably already left. <laughs> so you guys but, have the cup all by yourselves. Oh yeah. Oh my God. We... Anyway, so we had. So the next day they had to call. Montreal and say, uh, yeah, we broke the cup. And they <laughs> went, the league went apeshit. Oh, my. So they anyways, so we had that thing the next day at the point you're asking about. Well, so we had to go up and, you know, normally hold the, the you know, the base of the cup and the, the actual cup part. But we couldn't do that. We had to hold it by the neck because if you would have grabbed it by the cup part, it would have just went, think. And that... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Anyways, we had they had to fly in a silver welder, and uh, yeah, we got into trouble. We got into trouble for that a little bit. Uh, understandable, but you know what makes a great story all these years later, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and I was so anyway. Of course, the wives got mad at us, and they left. They went home. Girlfriend at the time. So I'm like, well, I better get going. I get in my old F two fifty truck. I'm still driving that thing, and I got a suit on, no shirt, and I'm in bare feet, and. Uh, so I, I, I get lost. <laughs> so I, I look, I'm looking, there's, there's a Kogo's, you know, it's like a convenience store. I look and there's a police car over there. I'm like, perfect. Well, you know, probably wasn't the best idea to go over <laughs> after this party, but I go, hey. Uh, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, just at this party. Oh, you at Mario's? I'm like, yeah. He goes, where do you live? I'm like, well, I, I live in... I told him. He goes, follow me. <laughs> so he, he gave me an escort home. So that was that night, yeah. And then we had, like I said, the next day was uh, the uh, 
party at the point, and we had to graciously hold the cup a certain way. And uh, how was that? And then you know, I mean, it was like two weeks of partying after that, and then next thing you know, it's July, and guess what? You know, you start thinking about well, when you win the cup like that, you go into June, you don't have time to get out of shape. How awesome is Grant Jennings? I think that has to be one of my favorite interviews. I mean, he was so cool. He remembered so many things and he really did a great job of taking us back. And how funny is it also that you just won the Stanley Cup. You go to Tom Barrasso's house, your party, and you decide, hey, we're going to go back to the airport and get our cars. The bus breaks down and oh, yeah, now we're just going to have to walk back. Twelve hours before we were hoisting Lord Stanley's Cup on national television And now we're hitchhiking to get our cars. That's the kind of stuff that I think people enjoy hearing. Anyways, I really enjoyed that. I got some great interviews coming up. Please don't forget to like us on Facebook at Snapshots in Hockey History and also on Twitter at Snapshots In. Once again, if you can leave us a five-star review or tell a friend, we'd certainly appreciate it. Do me a favor, though. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday for more Snapshots in Hockey History.